This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. I do want to talk about, you know, the, 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 specifically the offensive line, right? And, and I know that we talk about when they, when McGlinchey and, and they fail at times, but this unit, the non-McGlinchey guys, believe it or not, have not allowed one sack this season. The other four guys have not allowed one sack this season. All the sacks have come from, from McGlinchey or the quarterback just taking a sack. There has not been one sack attributed to the other four offensive linemen, and I think that's fantastic given the fact that you have three new interior offensive linemen. Yeah, the, the offensive line, um, Brad Graham of the SF Niners flooded the Twitter timeline today with just video after video of uh, each offensive lineman absolutely owning the Arizona Cardinals defensive line. It was a masterclass. And then, like you said, uh, Zane, that, uh, that reverse, again, a masterclass of blocking. I, <laughs> to see Jake Brendel... 40 yards downfield, taking out Buda Baker as the last uh, last line of defense for before Debo scored his touchdown. Unbelievable, right? Just unbelievable. And I'm going to make a declarative statement here because we've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and I, I'll, I don't even feel like this is controversial. If Jimmy plays like this in the postseason, there's not a team in the NFL that can beat the 49ers. I'll say that now there isn't if he continues to play like this and, and, and three games in a row played great. And I, and, and I, I, I genuinely believe, I genuinely believe that the 49ers went away from Jimmy Garoppolo because they knew that they had hit their ceiling as an offense with him as a quarterback. And there, there was like, what, what can we do? We can't do anything else with Jimmy Garoppolo. We need somebody right. That can, add something to the running game and Trey Lance, and then also add something to uh, start attacking deeper down the field. Right. Uh, Cause teams had started to kind of put a very, very low ceiling on the 49ers offense. Right. Because they're like, Hey, he's not going to go more than, you know, 20 yards in the air downfield. We can creep down, start to, you know, play the run a little bit better, whatever. And I think part of why they thought they hit their ceiling is because they're like, we don't have somebody like a Christian McCaffrey on this team. And I genuinely believe that the addition of Christian McCaffrey has unlocked Jimmy Garoppolo and has raised the ceiling of this offense. Uh, Before McCaffrey came, uh, the 49ers were three and three. They were scoring 20.8 points a game. They were uh, gaining 340.2 yards and they had a uh, third down uh, conversion rate of 41%. Since McCaffrey has been here, they are three and one. That one being the Chiefs, we can count it, whatever. He was on the field. Three and one, scoring 28.5 points per game, 396 and a half yards per game, and a third down conversion rate of 55%. 55. And the reason is 
Jimmy Garoppolo has a security blanket that gives him the confidence that if I go to my first read and it's not there and I go to my second read and it's not there, I don't have to get happy feet. I don't have to try and force the ball in. I know that Christian McCaffrey is my outlet and there's not a better outlet in the NFL. And so genuinely, I, I believe that Christian McCaffrey, just his presence on the team has, has lifted Jimmy Garoppolo's game. And so I think that really is where we're at right now. And so again, it's a pick your poison offense, right? It's look, they went into 22 personnel and they had Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings on the field at the same time. You how there's not another team in the NFL that can be explosive out of 22 personnel, right? That is a running personnel. That's what it's there for. That's what you do out of that. And yet you've got what five guys? Uh, what no six guys? Six guys that could theoretically go out in the pattern, and all of a sudden your heavy personnel is on the field, and now you've got linebackers trying to cover Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel or Kyle Juszczyk or George Kill or Brandon, right? So it, it just, it's just an exciting offense and it was exciting to see it click. And I think up until this point, it's just been about, we've got to, we've just got to ride it out, ride out the wrinkles, ride out the bumps until we're, we're on the same page as an offense. And it certainly felt like last night, that's where they got. And I will be very interested to see as they, as they now plan for the New Orleans Saints, not a great defense, but a decent defense, right? And then the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? What is this offense going to look like? Are we going to see the same offense that we saw last night? Is it going to be a little bit in between what we saw last night and what we saw against the Chargers? But none of those teams that we just mentioned, well, the Bucs, the Bucs have a good defense, but New Orleans and, and Miami don't have the same level of defense that the Chargers do. So I'm... I, I, I think I, th we're not previewing the game against the saints, but I would expect 30 plus points just based on what we saw last night. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, one of the things I went back and looked at, because I feel like the peak of Kyle Shanahan was 2016 with the Falcons. I don't know if that's oh, no doubt. Mm -hmm. So I just went back and kind of looked at what the target distribution was like. And obviously Julio Jones was, was the monster there and they had Sanu and they had Taylor Gabriel. But one thing that happened on that team is he had Freeman and Coleman combined for 85 catches that year. So obviously I didn't, it's not like I watched every Falcons game that year, but I'm sure they were safety valves and, you know, check downs and things like that to get the ball in the running back's hands. So Kyle, since he's gotten here, has really made it a point to try to get himself sort of a do it all running back. Right. Or at least he's tried to get these running backs high in the draft. They, they really jumped for Jarek, Jarek McKinnon. Cause he thought, remember he said, I, I made the whole offense around him and I had to change my whole offense when he, when he blew his knee out. So Kyle's been looking for a back like, Christian McCaffrey and you look where McCaffrey is right now he's got 21 receptions he's on pace for 57 catches with the Niners and he started six games into the season so he has that piece now that running back that can be a big that he can put out wide that can 
be a matchup issue that he can move all over the place. So I wonder if that's going to help unlock what we've been hoping to see out of Kyle Shanahan. What we'll see. I'm optimistic like you guys are, but I mean, this was one game. So let's make sure it, it continues throughout the season. But I think also McCaffrey is allowing people to relax. I think it's, he's allowing people to kind of fit into their roles and definitely allowing Jimmy to relax. Like you said, McCaffrey in his four games has 68 touches. He's been targeted 24 times in the passing game. Like I said, he's got 21 receptions. Um, he has three, four, four touchdowns when you consider the passing touchdown. So four total touchdowns. Um, he's got 47 carries for 209 yards, 394 total yards. He's converted a ton of third downs. He's definitely been Jimmy since he's, since he's gotten there. Jimmy's at 71.4%, 252 yards per game, eight and a half yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, one interception. So he has really allowed Jimmy to calm down. He's kind of been a different piece for Kyle. And Kyle looks like he gets a little McCaffrey happy sometimes. It's like a new toy. How can he not, right? To use him and, and do a bunch of different things with him. But I'm really interested to see. And, and Brian, like you said, it, it seemed like they figured it out last night. You know, me, I always say, well, let's, we'll see. We'll see if it stays consistent, but last night was certainly phenomenal. Um, will this allow Kyle to unlock the offense that we wanted him? Because maybe he's got all the pieces that he needs now. And I mean, you say, oh, how many pieces does he need? He's got everything. Well, maybe McCaffrey was just a missing piece. Maybe that's going to allow IU to be, you know, the wide out and Debo to kind of be the do-all receiver and Kittle to start getting involved and get open again. Maybe it's going to do it. And I certainly love the way that, First, I was like, why is Mitchell not touching the ball? But I love what they did with him. They had mm -hmm. McCaffrey in the first quarter, and then they let Mitchell in it. And, and Mitchell just looks like a guy's like a hurricane running down the field. He's fast, mm -hmm. strong. I love watching him run. And, you know, it's, you get McCaffrey going, and then you, you pound it with Mitchell. It looks like he's running downhill. It was, it was amazing. So it's just with McCaffrey, I just feel like it unlocks. I've seen a lot of the Infinity Gauntlet pictures of the infinity gauntlet with all the guys faces on and stuff and people saying that and maybe that's what it's like maybe it just you know kyle's got the last piece that he needs and he in this will unlock things for the niners i think it's so important to have an outlet like that out like you you mentioned that how jimmy probably feels more comfortable now having that that's a staple of the west coast offense and let's not forget that kyle shanahan comes from that tree it is a modified version of the west coast offense is, is what he runs and one of the things I thought back to you when thinking about Kyle's offense and the expectations that we put on Kyle, if you think about it, when has Kyle ever really had like a high flying score, a ton of points offense? It's not like that. It's, it's like what you see now. It's like his dad's, his dad's offense was like this too with more running, but his dad's offense was very similar to this, right? With a lot of right after the catch, a lot of timing throws, a lot of that stuff. And the idea, I don't know where the idea came from that this would all of a sudden become like, an Andy Reid type, we're just going to throw deep every down offense. And that expectation, maybe when Kyle came here, that's the expectation we had because of the offensive mind that he was. But I feel like, and I really truly feel like, what we saw last night is the Kyle Shannon offense. That's the offense. And it's not necessarily we're going to we're gonna have a speed burner and we're just going to throw deep every single down. And, and that it is a methodical, very, at times, deliberate offense that has a purpose for every play. And sometimes you'll see those plays come back later in the game. Sometimes you'll see little variations off of them, depending on what the defense is doing. And when it works, it is phenomenal and is what you saw last night. So I think that for me, the expectations that I have for Kyle are what we saw last night. That's, that's the expectation I have. I don't expect him to put up 40 points a game. They're just not that type of offense, right? They never have been. And I don't think besides that 2016 season, I don't think Kyle's been that type of offensive mind. 
his offense is very systematic. It's very deliberate. It's very calculated. And it is one of those things where it fits into the game uh, much like any other sort of scheme or anything like that fits in the game. It is not the game. It is a part of it. And the, the thing that I want to want to lead, lead into with that thought is that when his offense is humming, it keeps the defense off the field and limits their reps and limits their time on the field. It helps keep those guys healthier. It keeps Nick Bosa on the field longer because he's not rushing the passer as much. And the defense is more effective like that. The way that they won in 2019 was by controlling the ball. They led the league in time. I think they were second in the league in time of possession. And that's how they're going to win games going forward is that they're going to have to control the clock, control the ball. And they have, they can do that now by having a guy like Christian McCaffrey and having an outlet. So thinking, you know, looking over to the defensive side of the ball, they were, again, at the beginning of the game, they gave up a little bit to DeAndre Hopkins. And it's funny because I feel like this was Mooney's worst game as a 49er and he wasn't even that bad. He gave up nine catches or I don't know if all nine of them were on him. Uh, several of them were on him uh, that, that uh, Hopkins caught, but even having his worst game, he was still really, really good. And the defense was still really, really good. They pitched another shutout for the third straight game in the second half. And they've just been lights out, lights out in the second half of games, which is when it matters. If you want to give up a touchdown at the beginning, that's fine. But down the stretch, this defense has been absolute nails. Yeah, the defense, like I said, we, we forget about it, but they're fourth in the NFL right now, 17.3 points per game. You know, they've only given up 173 points the whole season, and it's with that KC game. So other than that. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, what would that look like without that KC game? Terrific. And they're first in yards allowed. They're second in yards per play, second and first down allowed. Uh, they're seventh in passing. They're first in rushing. Only giving up 3.4 yards per carry. I mean, you can't even you can't run on this team. 56 tackles for a loss, and Nick Bosa is just, I mean, just an absolute monster. Ten and a half sacks. Um, he's second in pressures in the league with 30, 12 tackles for loss. Guy's a monster. Guy's an all-pro. Guy's one of the top five defensive players in the league, I think. And you got Charles Menahue on the other side, who I believe is 11th in the NFL in pressures. Just, I mean, they got him for a six-round pick. He was a throwaway last year when they, they were like three and five and they got him from the Texans. And it's like, oh, who cares? Well, now he's one of the top pass rushers, rushers in the league. It's incredible. They just get Dre Greenlaw was flying around last night. Jimmy Ward gets a pick. They're just, and they don't even have Eric Armstead. They don't even have John Kinlaw. Manuel Mosley. That's the thing. Oh, that's the thing about the run defense. They, their two best run defenders are, haven't been on the field since week, yeah. what, three? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy yeah. and D'Amico Ryan's yeah again I keep saying and enjoy him while he's here because he's gonna add a coaching job I don't see any way that he doesn't yeah I I think Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator next year but that's just that's just me but here's the thing you you mentioned Charles Amenahu Al mm-hmm. uh, pass rush win rate top three in the NFL number one Miles Garrett number two Nick Bosa number three Charles Amenahu it's crazy like. Again, underrated as 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 all get out, right? And another guy who just came back and has made a huge impact in the two games he's played, Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis mm-hmm. has had a huge impact. You look at uh, you look at Samson Ebukam was not uh, did not dress for this game against the Cardinals, and Jordan Willis was the starting uh, end opposite of uh, opposite of Nick Bosa on uh first and second down and then when the turbo package came in which is their third down rush you know full-on pin your ears back and rush it was bosa uh amenahu and willis on the inside and jackson on the other side like again an embarrassment of riches along the defensive line and it doesn't even include 
uh, Armstead and Kinlaw. And then you had Kevin Givens who had a sack last night. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it it is, it is wave after wave after wave after wave. Just, and, and the defensive philosophy feels like it very much matches the offensive philosophy in which we're here to just grind you to dust. That's what we're here to do. So that by the time the third and fourth quarter runs or comes around, you've got players that are making business decisions and not even attempting to tackle guys like George Kittle mm-hmm. on their way to a touchdown, mm-hmm. right? Because they're just done. They are done. They've been absolutely mauled by this offensive line that has quite possibly the freakish, most freakish athlete ever seen in the NFL and Trent Williams, right? I mean, the way that that guy moves at, I mean, he's listed at 318. There's no chance he's 318 pounds. He's he's more than that. And the just the way that he moves and the way that he just, throws dudes around and it's just it's just really impressive and then on that defensive line again it's wave after wave after wave right these guys aren't getting tired because they're getting subbed out so often that you know they're they're coming in fresh and the guy that stays on the field the most is Nick Bosa and he's again a physical freak who you know is just as good at the first snap as he is at the you know 65th snap so I mean I, I don't know that there's enough superlatives to talk about how good this defense is, how good this offense was last night. But all I know is that when when this, like I said, when this team plays this way, which we haven't seen consistently yet, and and as our our not wet blanket but damp blanket reminded us, right? He's a little less, he's a little more dry now. Um, it's a yeah, let's yeah. see, right? It's a let's see, and that's fair. I mean, it's fair because this is the first time we've seen a performance like this. If we see it again next week. Then you start to go, okay, things, things have started. They've started to figure things out. They've started to figure Mm -hmm. out how to be more consistent. And if there's one thing that has been a pattern in his entire tenure in, in, in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan teams are really, really, really good in the second half of the season and into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. as long as they are not too injured to, to be good. Right. Right. Um, 20, 2020, right. Um, really is the one that I'm thinking of. And then 2018, you didn't have a quarterback. Let's just throw that one out. So it it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to, to be a fan of a team like that, because like I said, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And I don't think that there's a team in the NFL right now that is like, yeah, I want to see those 49ers in the playoffs because I think every team in the NFC is crapping their pants right now, uh, thinking about having to face that team because there isn't anybody better in the NFC when they're when they're firing on all cylinders.